Hey there, this is episode 5 of the Balance Five podcast. Save a mini emergency fund, financial security step 2A. Welcome to the Balance Five podcast, where we talk about balancing intentional debt payoff, saving money, and actually living your life. I'm your host, Raylia, small business owner, wife, girl mom, nonprofit co-founder, and money nerd. This is an audio version of the Balanced Five blog, because I know how hard it is to find time to sit down and read literally anything. Instead, you can get quick bits of money knowledge on the go. I want to help you learn to control your money instead of letting your money control you. Let's get started. Today we're talking about the importance of a mini emergency fund and how it will save you from falling further into debt. There is a huge difference between a mini emergency fund and an emergency fund. A mini emergency fund is much smaller and should be established before you start focusing on debt payoff. That mini emergency fund is what you'll rely on during your long debt payoff process to cover the unexpected and necessary expenses that put, they will pop up. In the past, you would have relied on a credit card or some other type of debt to cover these costs, but your mini emergency fund will help keep you from getting further into debt. A full emergency fund should have at least six months of your expenses saved in it. That's six months of expenses, not income. You can cut some expenses if there's a big emergency, like a job loss, which will help your savings stretch further. You'll wait until your debt is paid off to start saving up this big emergency fund because not having those debt payments will free up a lot of cash each month and speed up the savings process. Dave Ramsey and I both agree that the first step for financial security is to save up a mini emergency fund. He recommends saving $1,000, which is where we disagree. As far as I can tell, he's been saying $1,000 is enough since he first came out with his Baby Steps program, which was back in the 1990s. $1,000 in 1990 is now worth almost $2,000. That's double. Think back on the true emergencies you've experienced in the last few years. These are cases where you might have had to reach for a credit card. Uh, Some examples include car repairs, new tires if you haven't been saving for them, appliance repair or purchasing a replacement appliance, again, if you haven't saved up for a replacement, or unexpected medical bills, especially if a prompt payment discount is offered by the provider. How many of those were $1,000 or less? For my family, we might be able to buy tires, (laughs) but we have a savings fund set up for them anyway. Everything else is likely to be more than $1,000. Last summer, we spent over $1,800 in repairs for two of our vehicles, and that's with my husband doing nearly all of the labor himself. So if we had had to use a mechanic, the cost would have been way higher. $1,000 just doesn't go far enough, especially when you're in a tight financial spot to begin with. Yes, it is an easier amount to save. Yes, it is a nice number to focus on, but $1,000 is not enough for most emergencies. How much should your mini emergency fund be? Your mini emergency fund balance depends on your family size. 
feel free to save more than this, but the minimum I recommend is a $500 baseline savings plus $500 per person in your family. That means that my family of four would have a mini emergency fund of $2,500. $500 baseline plus four times $500, which is $2,000. If you're a single person, you would save $1,000. $500 plus $500. Now I know I just said that $1,000 isn't enough, but a single person should have an easier time adapting to more expensive emergencies. Not necessarily, but you do have a better chance of making it through those. A partner and or kids make it much harder to make bigger sacrifices when needed, or they also make it more likely that you're going to have bigger emergency expenses. But like I said, you can definitely save more than the $1,000 for a single person. So if I can't pay my bills, how do I save? Carefully and strategically is the super helpful answer that I've got for you. The easiest way to save over $1,000 is to set aside any lump sum that you receive, like a tax refund or a work bonus. If you're not expecting a lump sum payment anytime soon, consider selling things from around your house. Facebook Marketplace is a great option, especially since it allows you to arrange for contactless pickup right now. You can also list items in specified local or national exchange groups on Facebook, These groups can be helpful for selling specialty items like adaptive equipment or clothing, uh, cloth diapers, or other baby items. Craigslist is another option, but I honestly haven't checked it out in years. Consider your local newspaper classifieds for larger items too, like a vehicle, ATV, or snowmobile. There's a link to an article in the show notes that has more tips for selling on Facebook Marketplace. It's important to list good quality photos, provide a detailed description of the item, and price it appropriately. By that, I mean make the beginning price reasonable. You're not going to get, you know, $120 for used Apple AirPods. They're $120 new. So adjust your price accordingly. If you don't have any interest right away, drop the price. Remember that you can renew a listing that doesn't sell after a week or so, but by then you might be out of luck without a drastic price cut. Also, consider the timing of your sale. Winter clothes are more likely to sell in November than in March. Hopefully, when you're at the beginning of your debt payoff journey, you still have valuable items to sell off. If you're serious about financial security, This step in the process could really hurt. You could sell electronics, musical instruments, gaming systems, sports equipment, camping gear, furniture, or hunting gear. Baby clothes and gear are another great option, especially if you bundle the clothes by size. So you would sell the whole 2T wardrobe instead of breaking it up into individual items of clothing. And honestly, you'll save so much time doing it in bundles versus individual items. Another option is to reduce your retirement contributions, assuming you are currently contributing. Now, I'm not saying to stop retirement contributions. 
in financial security step 2b which is coming up next you are going to start saving for retirement if you're not already reducing your contributions can free up some cash though which will also come in handy when you begin paying down debt the important thing is to only reduce your contributions to the level of your employer match if applicable if you don't have an employer match, continue contributing at least $50 a month. I want you to still you know, invest in retirement savings, even if it is a tiny amount, because compounding interest is your friend long term. So for example, if you are currently contributing 5% of your income, which is $500 a month, you know, just to make the math easy, your employer will match up to 3%. Again, not every employer does a match, but you need to find out if yours does. This is super important. If you drop your contributions to 3%, that gives you an extra $200 a month because 500 minus 300 is 200. Uh, that $200 can go toward your emergency fund savings now until you reach your goal and then it'll go towards debt payoff later. The next logical step is to make more money. <laughs> this could mean requesting overtime or additional shifts. You could get a second job on the weekend. Uh, during the pandemic, I know it's maybe hopefully close to being done, but it is still something to consider. Uh, this could be a work from home customer service job or other online work. You could start working a side gig like Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, Instacart, and Shipt. Uh, if you and your family are at higher risk for COVID, I urge you to consider your options carefully. No matter what you choose, please be safe. And hopefully, one day you won't have to worry about that. Finally, cut obviously unnecessary expenses. Reduce the number of meals you eat out. Look at a cheaper phone plan, cut cable, or reduce the number of subscriptions you have. One thing I've noticed is that the Apple app subscriptions can be super sneaky. You sign up for something once, pay for a year, and then before you know it, you're being charged again because that year's up and you have it on auto renew. So go into, if you have an iPhone, go into your Apple account and look at what you are currently subscribed to and evaluate if you need those things. Look for other recurring charges on your accounts and evaluate if you really want that FabFitFun box or financial security. Be ruthless about this, including gifts. I'm not saying become the Grinch, but you can usually spend less on gifts. Last year for Christmas, we only bought gifts for our nieces and nephews, not our siblings and parents or grandparents. Our girls only got a few gifts from us. Um, older kids, whether they're your children or nieces or nephews, will likely be disappointed, um, especially if they notice the difference in gift giving between now and previous years. So this is a good time to open up a dialogue about your family's financial goals. I'm not saying you need to you know, do a deep dive with your nieces and nephews, but with your own kids, this is definitely an opportunity to start discussing your financial priorities. Okay, quick recap of ways to save. Tax refund, a work bonus, 
selling things, reduce retirement contributions to the employer match level, work overtime or additional shifts, get a second job, work a side gig, and cut obvious expenses like eating out subscriptions and gifts. This episode is brought to you by the Bill Balancing Bootcamp. Are you ready to find the easiest way to balance your monthly bills and stop waiting for your next paycheck? The Bill Balancing Bootcamp is the course that will help you change your finances in a day. Does this sound familiar? You know you should pay off debt and save each month, but you just don't know where to start. This course walks you through every step needed to balance your monthly bills, get a month ahead on those bills, and simplify your money. If you are a busy person with debt or little savings, or if you just want to change your financial future, this is an opportunity that I promise you will not want to miss. When you enroll in the Bill Balancing Bootcamp, you will receive access to over 20 pages of instruction, eight educational videos, six printable worksheets, and a bonus 30-day challenge tracker download. All of that will teach you how to budget for your bills and ease into budgeting for everything else. You'll get a handle on those basic finances. Enroll today by going to balancedfi.com BBB. What are other things to think about during this process? You want to keep your mini emergency fund in a savings account that has online access. This will allow you to transfer the funds to your checking account when you need them. If you're worried about the temptation to spend the money on wants versus needs, make the money harder to get to. Put it in a different bank, make your partner's login the one that shows this account, or make a pact with your partner that you both have to agree before spending any of your mini emergency fund. You should also make rules for what you can spend your your mini emergency fund on and write them down. Use the emergency fund tracker printable listed in the show notes to stay accountable. These should be expenses that are not recurring, uh, so you're not you know, expecting them to happen every year. They could be unexpected, and they often involve a repair or replacement of something that you do need. Down the road, You'll set up savings funds for these kind of repairs and replacements, but for now, it's okay to use your mini emergency fund while you're getting out of debt. One caveat is, if anyone in your family has experienced job loss recently or is likely to, save as much as you can. Don't worry about paying off debt quite yet. Save some cash. When you're more stable, like when that person has a job again, You can use the excess cash that you have left over to pay off debt. I mean, you could just make a huge lump sum payment possibly, but it's better to have more cash on hand during times of uncertainty. When you do spend some of the emergency fund, you need to replenish it ASAP. This could mean selling something additional, working more hours, or pausing your debt payoff to put that money toward the mini emergency fund instead of toward debt payments. Keep this fund as full as often as you can. Now is also the time to start considering radical changes. 
Can you reduce your mortgage or rent by refinancing, selling, or moving? Can you cut your transportation expenses by ending a vehicle lease, selling a car, or buying a more fuel-efficient beater? So that's it. Your main takeaway from this podcast is that $1,000 is not nearly enough money for an emergency fund for most people, especially if you have a family or someone else who relies on you. I highly recommend saving a baseline of $500 plus 500 per person in your household. We also went over some ways to save up the money for your mini emergency fund because I love actionable steps. Now, I want you to download the emergency fund tracker, which is found in the show notes, and start using it to monitor how much you need to save and how much you already have set aside for emergencies. Again, you can download that free printable from the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the Balance Five podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes or told a friend. As always, you can head to balancedfi.com to connect with me and stay in touch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at balancedfi. Until next time, stay intentional and look for balance.